Welcome everyone to the Eldritch Fix Die number nine on this wonderful Wednesday of hot weather. Yes, it is hot weather here right now. It's not that hot either way, but it's getting hot. Anywho, I wanted to basically talk about an individual that inspired three movies that I'm very fond of that I grew up with and that well one of them I didn't really grow up with but it, it was I, I recently watched it and I really enjoyed it and uh, these three movies to give you kind of a hint Okay, were Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Silence of the Lambs. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Does anyone have any idea of the individual I'm talking about? Hmm? Any clues? Anything? Hmm. Huh? No? Do I just... read on go towards it? I'm sure people will start realizing kind of who he was once I... Yep, there you go. Krim got it. Krim got it, pretty much. Edward Theodore Gein. Also called the Butcher of Plainfield. He was born on the 27th of August in 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin, in the United States. And he died on the 26th of July, 1984 in Madison. He was an American serial killer whose gruesome crimes gained worldwide notoriety. That's a hard word for me to say. And inspired numerous books and uh, horror films. Gin endured a difficult childhood like many other serial killers. Like many other, you know, individuals who are in jail. It's kind of a recurring theme here. It's a difficult childhood. It's hard for me to understand. Because my... Adolescence was the, the thing that was the most difficult. My childhood was great. My childhood was fucking awesome. My adolescence, however, was fucking shit. Either way, his father was an alcoholic and his mother was verbally abusive towards him. This is also very much something like uh, Picton, for example. Gin nevertheless idolized her once again. Uh, same thing with Picton. I'm mentioning Picton because Krim knows who Picton is uh, very much so. And um, essentially, 
Picton. I, I watched the Picton's uh, documentary pretty recently as well. I was kind of disappointed, I'm not going to lie. I thought he was feeding his victims to the pigs. And that's how he was getting, he was getting rid of, of the evidence. But he was just butchering them. Fucking boring. Anyways, a fact that apparently concerned his elder brother, Henry, who occasionally confronted her in Gaines presence. In 1944, Henry died in mystery, mysterious circumstances during a fire near the family's farm in Plainfield. Although Gein reported his brother missing to the police, he was able to lead them directly to the burned body when they arrived. Despite bruises discovered on the victim's head, the death was ruled an accident. The death of Gein's mother in 1945 left him a virtual hermit. In subsequent years, Gein cordoned off the areas of the house that his mother had used most frequently preserving them as something of a shrine. So th there's the psycho um, part of his story. Gein attracted the attention of the police in 1957 when a hardware store owner named Bernice Warden went missing. There's also a documentary slash movie. Was it a movie? I think it was a movie. Uh, I, where, where did I watch this movie again? Was it on Amazon? I forgot if it was on Amazon or Netflix. It was one of those platforms, but there's, uh, it, it maybe wasn't on one of those platforms. Maybe just one of those platforms that are not necessarily, um, you know, legal, but there is maybe it's on the rotten uh it's not rotten it's uh what's it called again freaking uh, it's something movies like horror it's just basically like gore movies and horror movies and things like that but uh, anyways, Gein had been seen with her shortly before her disappearance and when law enforcement officials visited his farm, they found her body. She had been fatally shot and decapitated. Subsequent examinations of his home showed that he had systematically robbed graves and collected body parts, which he used to make household items, clothing and masks. There's the part of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Also discovered on the property was the head of Mary Hogan, a tavern operator who had disappeared in 1954. In 1958, Gein's House of Horrors was destroyed by fire, the origins of which remain unclear. Gein admitted to killing the two women, both of whom allegedly resembled his mother, was again psycho, to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. In late 1957, he was deemed unfit for trial and was subsequently confined in various psychiatric institutions. In 1968, however, after it was determined that he could participate in his own defense, Gein was put on trial. He was found guilty of killing Warden, reportedly due to financial reasons. Prosecutors only tried one murder, but then he was deemed insane at the time of the crime. He returned to a mental hospital, where he remained until his death in 1984. 
Gein's behavior inspired numerous books and movies, notably three of the most influential horror thriller films ever made, Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and based on the Robert Block's powerful 1959 book, The Texas Chainsaw. Uh, hold on. There's a comma and, um, yeah, a thing there. A, a uh, I don't know how that, what's that called? Um, but yeah, the direct, based on the Robert Block's powerful 1959 book, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Silence of the Lambs. So, there you go. That's pretty much essentially the story of Ed Gein kind of summarized. And he was an individual that was quite curious. And you can watch that movie. Um, I, I forgot. You know, you, you can just look for movies by the name of Ed Gein. Ed Gein movies. Let's see here what Duck Duck Goes shows us. Um, well, there's a one uh, from two, the from the year 2000, literally called Ed Gein. I don't think this is the one that I watched. But that's that one. It's, it's a 5.5. So that's not too bad. And then there's more, I'm pretty sure. I think the one that I watched was kind of old. Well, two th- I mean, you could consider a movie from the two from the year 2000 kind of old. But yeah. Probably documentaries would be the best part to find out about this guy. All, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Any comments? Anything about the, the thing? The whole story? He was an, essentially an individual who uh, he would rob graves, like the story said. Or like the biography said, he would go out, rob graves out in the night when no one was suspecting. And you got to remember, this was like the 1950s. So it's not like everyone's going to be out there like, oh, my rapes got getting fucking robbed and shit. You know, no one was suspecting anything. He was also, he was like a regular dude when he went to, to town and to buy shit. Again, no one suspected the single thing from this guy. Everyone was like, oh, okay, cool. He's just a regular dude doing these things. I think he made a mistake, though, when he took the um, store lady, the grocery store lady. I think that's when people started getting on his back and they started, like, snooping around and found his pretty much how uh, his house of horrors it's kind of insane how completely easily you got away with this this stuff back then yeah yeah i believe you can still get away with a lot of shit nowadays it's just that people forget about a lot of things they forget about their phones they forget about 
a lot of shit. I mean, you can turn off your phone, but your phone can still be pinged. So, I think... I think that's a possibility. Uh, I'm not saying that you should be going out there and committing murders, but... <clears throat> Essentially, overpopulation is a thing. Just saying. Just putting it out, out there. <laughs> if you picked someone at random and got rid of them, someone was also somewhere random, that was about enough. Yeah. Yeah, the the one of the hardest ones I think was uh obviously the story about um the Zodiac killer. You know what I mean? Hey John, how you doing, man? Thanks for uh dropping by despite all the shit going on. Um the Zodiac Killer was, uh, you know, if you watch the movie, the movie with uh, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. and stuff, that was a pretty good movie. And, uh, you know, it, it was difficult for that time because it was like three states, I think. And each individual, one of them wanted to basically one in on it they want all of them wanted to individually capture the guy <laughs> so it was just a bunch of misinformation going across the three states and because there were no computers back then or there was like literally no way of sharing information instantly and things like that it was it was really hard and a lot of misinformation was shared and a lot of things were uh passed on that were not true at all but yeah a lot of there's a lot of movies not just those three but those three are probably the the most um familiar i would say with people <laughs> but um yeah there's another movie uh deranged confessions of a necrophile from 74 uh, says a deranged rural far farmer becomes a grave robber and murderer after the death of his possessive mother, whose corpse he keeps, among others, as his companion in the decaying farmhouse. Well, that sounds pretty much like Ed Gein, to be honest. Then there's Motel Hell from 1980 with uh, six stars as a rating. A seemingly friendly farmer and his sister kidnap unsuspecting travelers and bury them alive, using them to create the special meat they are famous for. I actually used to roleplay a character like that in GTA 5, like in 2018. And then there's obviously Silas of the Lambs, there's Hannibal. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Motel Hell was a great movie back then. Well, yeah, it, it had like six stars or something. Horror movies is... I, I think it's hard for horror movies to get over like six stars or something like that. 
they have to be really good. Especially nowadays, they don't really get those fucking ratings. It's just boring shit. I just want to... I want to text or whatever, email all the fucking responsible fucks for the production companies and whatnot that are in in charge of making horror movies and, and things like that and I just want to tell them what happened to the good old hack and slash movies I just want those movies back I'm tired of this paranormal bullshit that's clearly just boring now it's annoying when it was fresh it was okay it was interesting to an extent it, I still didn't believe it I still don't believe it I don't think I'll ever believe it unless something actually happens in front of me or my eye catches something and I actually get to experience something until then not real sorry you know, how to make horror films, high rated is to take the murders and sick shit off the news. Yeah, true. That's actually true. Because you know it's true. <laughs> and when it's true, it's it's a lot. It hits you a lot harder. Other than just some, uh, some fiction. Um... Speaking of horror movies, there's going to be some new fucking Saw bullshit thing that they've been advertising on TV. Saw Spirals or some shit that is called. Yeah, Spiral. Or whatever. Spiral, also known as Spiral from the Book of Saw, is a 2021 American horror film that serves as the ninth installment in the Saw film series. Uh, the film stars Chris Rock, Max Mingella, Mingella, I don't know how to pronounce that, I'm sorry, Marisol Nichols and Samuel L. Jackson, and follows police efforts to stop a jigsaw copycat killer. The original creators of the series... James Wan and Lee Wanell serve as executive producers alongside Rock. Talks of another Saw installment began after the release of Jigsaw in 2017 with Chris Rock wanting to branch out into the horror genre. Uh, okay, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Originally scheduled to be released in May 2020, Spiral was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic and was theatrically released in the United States on May 14, 2021 by Lionsgate. Oh, so it's been out in America already. Okay. Right, well... I don't really pay to go watch movies because I don't really have a theater nearby. So uh, I guess I got to wait until it drops into, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Either that or it drops into Amazon Prime Video. Uh, but I don't think it's going to drop into Prime Video for a long time. So yeah. 
That's that. That is that. Bootleg. Fuck bootlegs, dude. <laughs> Am I watching fucking movies as if I'm not on like cams and shit like that? That's terrible. I'd rather wait for something with quality than to just watch the movie with no quality whatsoever. I'd rather wait. Honestly. Okay, let's go jump into some more tunes. And uh, I'm looking here. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. Um. Hmm. There's new stuff by Mastodon and Fear Factory. So let's listen to the new tune by Mastodon. Which is a, a forged by Neron. And I, I don't know why the cover is something by DC Comics. But sure. Um, they probably have their reasons for that. Either way, we're listening to the Algis Pigsty here on MSPWaves.com. If you want to join the Discord... You're going to have to pull that off your show. Why, though? God damn. Okay, I'm not going to play that then. Are you going to play Fear Factory? Oh, shit. There's a great tune right here. There's a great tune right here. Let's listen to um, some Cannabis Corpse. Um, which was the album that I liked the most by these guys? Well, pretty much the first one, actually. Tube of the Resonated. So, let's listen to two tunes, because these are not very long songs. So, let's listen to Mummifying Bongwater. And... Then you listen to Sentence to Burn One for all you uh, joint smokers out there. All right. Enjoy.
Esto es Hotel Pelotón. Es Pelotón. Yo voy, yo lo puedo a little bit too much too much music uh than i was expecting but i had a little bit of an emergency and i had to attend to it so yeah but it was all by cannabis corpse from the album tube of the resonated and it was addicted to hash in a tin sentence to burn one and the other one that i already forgot and i don't want to go back because i'm too lazy for it Anyways, uh, I'm checking one of the most beloved websites of the internet here for science stuff. Don't really have anything prepared here um, prior to the show. That's how I roll anyways. So, yeah, I'm just taking a gander here. Says one here scientists have developed a vaccine that could induce long-term protection against allergic asthma reducing the severity of its symptoms and thus significantly improving patient quality of life six uh, six weeks after the first injection of the vaccine 90 percent of mice presented high levels of antibodies a all of you with asthma, you got you got a chance. Um, I I don't know if I have fucking asthma. I used to suffer a lot when I was young in school and shit, running, you know, doing all of that shit. Uh, I just really, I don't know. I it was. I took for a very long time, and um, so basically when I was five years old, I had surgery done to my throat, and this was because every, like, every two, three days of a week at 2 a.m., I would wake up not being able to breathe, and I would have to be rushed to the hospital to get aerosol treatment to uh be able to breathe again and when i was five the family doctor said hey you know what dude let's just fucking operate that shit 
and um, let's get rid of that. So, yeah, we did the surgery and shit. Um, and then when um, when I was recovering, I got prescribed two uh, inhalators, and one was like a disc thing, and the other one was like it was, you know. It, it 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 looked kind of I mean this was like um well yeah almost twenty years ago fuck I'm getting old but um it was basically like the end the inhalators that you see nowadays it just was not with the little thing where you put the mouth nowadays you just like it looked like a fucking dick basically uh. So I took that shit. One was for emergencies, and the other one I had to take like every day. For I took that shit from like the age of five until I was like sixteen or some shit, and I started smoking when I was twelve. I only stopped smoking for a year, and this year was like twenty eighteen, I think, twenty nineteen. I think it was 2019. And, uh, yeah, I've been smoking since I was 12. So I don't know if I have asthma or not. If that shit solved whatever the fuck was wrong with me. Um, I don't know. I got something you could put your mouth on. What, your your sister? (laughs) Ha ha, little bitch. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What did you expect? Huh? What did you expect? Huh? Uh, here's one for you fucking bacon eaters. I haven't read the title yet, so I don't know if it is bad or not, but meat eaters willfully disregard factory farming as driver of infectious diseases. Scientists warn of the enormous health threats posed by the by intensive animal agriculture from zoonotic disease emergence to the rise of antibiotic resistance and say understanding of these risks is critical. So there you go, you freaks. Keep eating bacon until you drop to the side. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, oh, shit, man. I shouldn't have eaten bacon, dude. Fuck. When you go rotten hell. Mm hmm. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Let me uh, read further into this. People are failing to acknowledge the role of factory farming in being a pandemic catalyst risk, especially those who are committed meat eaters. According to new research, in the study, scientists warned of the enormous health threats posed by intensive animal agriculture from zoonotic disease emergence to the rise of antibiotics. Okay, this is pretty much what said in the title. 
A new research led by a team of British scientists finds that people are generally failing to recognize the role of intensive animal agriculture in causing infectious diseases. The study, published in the peer-reviewed journal Appetite, examined public understanding and opinion to find out where the people are placing the blame when it comes to zoonotic pandemic outbreaks. Overall, the findings show that people fail to see the link between factory farming and the spread of infectious diseases, but those who are highly committed to eating meat struggle more in acknowledging how global meat consumption fuels the problem. Well, I eat meat, to be honest, and... Uh, I mean... I think we should just start eating each other, to be honest with you. You know? I think we should just start eating each other. That would solve a lot of problems. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I actually recently watched a documentary, probably one of the few decent Vice documentaries, and I can actually share it with all of you on Discord because it's the guy speaks Japanese, so it's translated uh, or it's subtitled rather, but you got to watch it yourself because to be here doing this um with msp waves it wouldn't be very good because probably some people would miss it uh where was it again i got plenty of scary unsettling there we go exactly jebediah there you go There you go, that's, um, Issei something. Fuck, I already forgot his name. Sagawa, something like that. And, um, yeah, he was, he was a Japanese dude, he went to France to study, and, uh, he had desires of eating women. And uh, I know, I know it's vice, but like I said, it's one of the very, very few, one of the very few decent vice documentaries that I, I liked uh, from these dudes. They literally show pictures of like the, the corpse uh, when she was, because he, the, the, the dude literally has a book of pictures when he was like uh taking meat off the corpse and preparing it and things like that and they show a couple of picture uh pictures uh of, from from that book in the documentary so it's interesting if you're you know if you got stomach for that stuff i, I definitely do i'm desensitized as shit you can literally put anything in front of me and i'll just watch it unless it's animals or kids that i i don't i don't stand that but it's as long as it's humans uh who are grown up and shit i don't give a fuck kids in movies i don't really care because it's it's a fucking movie you know 
yeah what else says here uh, overall the findings show that people fail to see the link between factory farming and the spread of infectious diseases uh, but those who are highly committed to eating meat struggle more okay i just read this i'm stupid but uh this is nothing new or it should not be something new for those of you who listen to the pigsty even after being provided information about detrimental effects of factory farming, including promoting antibiotic resistance and making it easier to, for emerging diseases to be transmitted from animals to humans, the committed meat-eater group were still unconvinced about factory farming bans or interventions. Okay. Well... Farming is always bad. I mean, it's a bunch of animals shoved into a fucking warehouse or whatever. Um, it's always bad. Like, literally. It's always been bad. You know? The Donner Party ate their dad in the early days. Because they had no access to food in the bad winter. Yeah. I have no idea what the Donner Party is, but... Uh... Oh, there's a link. A group of American pioneers who migrated to California in a wagon train from the Midwest. Oh... Okay, well, there you go. Pioneers um, on both ways, you know. Yeah, local farming is always better. Like, let the animals fucking breathe, you know what I mean? Like, don't shove them into uh, like a warehouse a small place and they're cramped up in there all fucking rubbing against each other and shit like that and fucking like that's never good <clears throat> there's also a story uh yeah put them on acres not square feet exactly there's also a story about the plane that crashed in the mountains and the survivors had to eat the dead passengers. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do to survive, you know? It's kill or be killed. You know? If that's just how it goes. It's how life fucking works. Uh, it's survival of the fittest, essentially. So, yeah, pretty much, that's pretty much it. Don't eat human meat. <laughs> Why not? Why not, though? It might be good. I mean, I never tasted it, but I, I would for sure. Like, what is, what's the difference going to be between 
Uh, like, once you get rid of all the fat and all that shit, if you know what you're doing, like, there's literally... And this is, this is provided by the Church of Euthanasia. But I found this uh, on the deep web as well. Um, and not just by the fucking Church of Euthanasia. Wait, is it not .com? Did their website get fucking... Did their website get... Oh, it's .org. Okay. Uh, where was it? Resources? There was, um... It's like a, an article or something. I was gonna... I, I actually downloaded it, but it was basically to do roleplay with it. We don't have enzymes to break down human meat. Yeah, it's just all a matter of adapting to it, dude. It doesn't... it doesn't matter. That's because we're used to not eating human meat. If we start eating human meat, then we get fucking used to it. It's just an adaptation. It's, it's how it works. Have you never seen um, The Descent, you know? Uh, where the hell is this? These fuckers get rid of this shit. I actually once contacted the Church of Euthanasia to have them on my podcast. This is like last, uh, actually, the, two years ago, three years ago, something like that. And uh, never got a response. As a matter of fact, all of this shit doesn't work. I was like, okay, dudes. You're fucking pussies. So the Church of Euthanasia are a bunch of fucking pussies. Is um, the best way for them to, you know, start essentially spreading their word and spreading what really they want to do is to start doing it themselves, right? You know what I mean? Brian's are misfolded proteins with the ability to transmit their misfolded shape onto normal variants of the same protein. They characterize several fatal and transmissible neurodegenerative diseases in people and many other animals. It is not known what causes the normal protein to misfold, but the abnormal three-dimensional Structure is suspected of conferring infectious properties, collapsing nearby protein molecules into the same shape. Eh, whatever, dude. Look. Issei Sagawa had his fancy meal of Renee... Something, something. I forgot her name. And he's fine. He's all good. He's absolutely fine. He simply... You'll die anyways. 
I mean, we will <laughs> we will die anyways. It's just, death is the only constant in the life of variables, dude. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, no one, like, none of the cannibals has ever said anything about that. I mean, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's because he, he doesn't eat it on a regular basis. He just had that meal, but he his main problem is that he was born prematurely, so he's weak and frail and shit, and short, but other than that, I mean... Again, uh, you should watch uh, that documentary about Issei Sagawa because he, he was pretty fucking educated. You know, I mean, he was a Japanese dude who went to France to study, like, uh, literature and shit. So, he he was pretty much educated. You know? Anyways... Deadly fungi are the newest emerging microbe threat all over the world. Let's take a gander at this. Uh, these pathogens already kill 1.6 million people every year, and we have few defenses against them. It was the fourth week of June in 2020, in the middle of the second wave of the COVID pandemic in the U.S. cases had passed 2.4 million deaths from the novel coronavirus were closing in on 125,000. In his home office in Atlanta, Tom Chiller looked up from his emails and scrubbed his hand over his face and shaved head. Chiller is a physician and an epidemiologist. I probably butchered that. And in normal times, a branch chief at the U.S. Center's for disease control for and prevention in charge of the section that monitors health threats from fungi such as molds and yeasts. He had put that specialty aside in March when the U.S. began to recognize the size of the threat from the new virus when New York City went into lockdown and the CDC told almost all of its thousands of employees to work from home. Ever since... Schiller had been part of the public health agency's frustrating steamed effort against COVID. Uh, its employees had been working with state health departments, keeping tabs on reports of cases and deaths and what jurisdictions needed to do to stay safe. Shrugging off exhaustion, Schiller focused on his inbox again, buried, buried in it was a bolt a bulletin forwarded by one of his staff that made him sit up and grit his teeth hospitals near los angeles that were handling an onslaught of covid were reporting a new problem some of their patients had developed additional infections with a fungus called candida auris the state had gone on high alert chiller knew all about c auris 
possibly more about it than anyone else in the US. Almost exactly four years earlier, he and the CDC had sent an urgent bulletin to hospitals telling them to be on the lookout. The fungus had not yet appeared in the US, but Schiller had been chatting with peers in other countries and had heard what happened when the microbe invaded their healthcare systems. It resisted treatment by most of the few drugs that could be used against it. It thrived on cold, hard surfaces and laughed at cleaning chemicals. Some hospitals were where it landed had to rip out equipment and walls to defeat it. Damn. It caused fast-spreading outbreaks and killed up to two-thirds of the people who contracted it. There you go. We got something new to deal with. I wonder if we're ever going to come back from... Or if we're ever going to come back to normality. Ever since being hit... With... Yes, Candida Auris. What's being talked about here? Lurks in hospitals where it infects patients with impaired immune systems. Maybe it's a new strain? Yeah, maybe. Well, you know what I mean by normality. Uh, yeah, at least a a form of it uh what else is here let's let's actually la listen to some more tunes fucking qua just comes here with his fucking eyes and just Get the fuck out of here, Qua. Go back to your clubhouse of pretentious wannabe rich fuckers. Uh, let's listen to something that Spotify is telling me to listen to. Alright, so if it's bad, blame Spotify. Um, summoning the Lich, United in Chaos, is the the record, not the song. Okay, and um, we can listen to what's a title that is inviting to me. Uh, predatory reflection. I like that. Let's go.
There we go. Summoning the Lich with a predatory reflection. Hold on, I gotta sneeze. Ugh, damn. But yeah, there we go. I was looking here at r slash um, morbid reality. It's a... If you have the stomach, it's a great subreddit. And I found a, a video here. It's actually on YouTube. A stray dog eating human remains. I did sneeze, but I muted my microphone. So that's why you didn't hear it. These unclaimed COVID-affected bodies are being discarded next to the Ganga River in India. Wow. Hot damn. The dogs are literally... See, even the dogs know what's up, you know? But yeah, this is pretty much dogs eating uh, human remains. It's that's pretty much it. There you go. It's on YouTube. If it's on YouTube, it's not that bad. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's true. Jebediah. <clears throat> that is true. But they don't care about that sort of shit over there. They're very corrupt motherfuckers. Very corrupt motherfuckers. Not like India is a poor country. It's just the money's not being... Um, going to where it should. So the corrupt motherfuckers are keeping it all. And the people are left in poverty, left in just the... Yeah, it's also hugely overpopulated there. And um, they just, they don't get any support. They don't get anything. It's just, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Which is partly the reason why so many scammers come from India. And it's kind of sad because there's a lot of them that, you know, they don't want to do that, but they have to do it. And it's like, you know, if you were in their situation, it's it's hard to think of it, you know what I mean? Because if you're in your situation, would you do the same thing? Would you try to, like, be the, the moral, they don't have to? What do you mean they don't have to? They have nothing else. It's fucking overpopulated. And a lot of them don't have any other chances. Yes, I watched Jim Browning, but what what does that have to do with anything? You got 
a couple of them who are... What do you mean it's not over... Do you know India? Are we talking about the same thing? Look. Jim does a great job getting into it. And there's... You gotta understand that... This is not... Um as linear as you might think it is it's not like oh they're doing it because they're all pieces of shit no that's not how it goes it's some of them are doing it because they have no other fucking way of making money and of making a living it's just how it goes there's no other opportunities India's overpopulated. Jobs are difficult as fuck to find. And you, you shouldn't just watch Jim Browning. You should watch other people as well. There's other people who are actually talking to others who... Okay, dude. You clearly have been to India and uh, you know all about India. So, you know. I guess, uh, you know, people who are who are living on the streets are not part of the overpopulation. I haven't been to India, but I watch other things. I'm not saying that India is not overpopulated. You're the one who's saying uh, India is not pop overpopulated, which clearly it is. The whole world is overpopulated. My fucking town is overpopulated. So... That's just That's just how it goes. Yeah, it is. My town is definitely overpopulated. <laughs> he said but rebut L <laughs> You're taking this shit to some political bullshit that I don't give a flying fuck about when all I'm saying is that no they they're out of options when some of them do that shit. That's all I said. And if you want to take things to political bullshit I'm going to play music because I don't give a shit about politics. If that's the shit you do on your show, I don't give a shit about that. That's out of my league. Right? Just fuck politics. Fuck politics, fuck politicians, fuck all those fuckers. You know what I mean? The point that I'm trying to, uh, the point I'm trying to make it here is some of them don't have options and that's period. Just watch other channels. There's actually a channel of them uh there's a channel of of another dude that worked with Jim Browning. No, you're turning shit to political stuff. Absolutely. Um 
but uh, there was a dude who worked with Jim Browning on that whole fucking thing that the his most popular video probably that even got uh, on TV and shit got a documentary done. They arrested a bunch of them and shit. And it one of them was one of those individuals talked to one of those guys who used to work as a scammer and the guy definitely didn't want to do it. He simply did it because he had no other option. And sometimes life goes that way. Maybe you've never lived life like that. Maybe you've ever you've ever had you've always had other options and you've had decisions to to make, but sometimes for other people it's not the way it goes. Sometimes for other people it's just different. You only have one possibility. And you got to take it. It's either that or you go to the street and you fucking live in the street. You know? That's just how it goes. Anyways, I'm going to keep scrolling through the morbid reality subreddit here. Oh, this is an interesting one. Speaking of scammers, scammers impersonating Elon Musk have stolen over two millions, uh, two million dollars in cryptocurrency. How about that? Take care, Solo. Thanks for dropping by. There it is. Uh, so how exactly did they do this? Did they hack into his account? I don't think that's how they did it. Court says, at least the majority of us have already realized this fact. Unfortunately, not only the good guys had this realization impersonation of Elon to use his influence and scam people off their cryptocurrency has been rampant. Federal Trade Commission report shows such scams had a sharp rise since October of 2020, the same period when Bitcoin saw the sharpest surge, growing 450% from $10,700 per Bitcoin, hitting as much as $64,000 per Bitcoin. As per FTC, in the last six months alone, investors have lost more than $2 million in cryptocurrency scams orchestrated by such scammers pretending to be elon they'd convince people to send a certain amount of bitcoin to a wallet promising to multiply it oh it's that fucking scam it's that scam this is not new this is old shit wasn't this when twitter got hacked and a bunch of tweets went out from bill gates and shit Say, hey, uh, if you send me, like, fucking 100 Bitcoin, I'll send you 200 or some shit like that. (laughs) 
a great day because I just started the new giveaway landing back to the community and this time's a must. Who the fuck believes that is Elon Musk? What? And our Tesla. Like, that's... <laughs> What the fuck? Like... I feel like the... I feel like the... the when, when Twitter got uh, hacked by... Uh, social engineering... And they started posting tweets through the accounts of these guys, that's one thing. Like, that's one thing, because it's being posted by the person, or quote-unquote, the person itself. But this shit, I mean, you gotta be like 80 years old, and just seeing that how cryptocurrency is being big and shit, you just want to get in on it for the sake of it or some shit and you see this you're like oh yes i'm gonna get me in the cryptocurrency oh bonusprize.net oh. that's the only way i can think of this as being something possible like what there's fucking no way It's just like I saw a video recently as well where they were like they literally copied they literally copy websites and they make the websites look exactly like the real websites and the only way for you to know if they're real or not, is it's not even the HTTPS anymore because that shit's easy as fuck to get. But it's literally the the domain, and that's the only way to know it. But some people are gonna fall into this very very easily. Sometimes all it takes is a dot or something like that, and you could be falling into a scam. But you got to pay attention to that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Because if you do fall into it, you could be fucked. <clears throat> hey, Chris, what's up? Appreciate you dropping by the MSP waves. During the Aldrich Spix die, hang around, hang around. What am I saying? Hang around for uh, the clown world. It's coming up. It's, I got 15 minutes more of stuff to talk about or some music to play. And then it's going to be down with uh, the clown world with Rondon. Uh, what's this one? Yeah, I'm not interested in it. Some bike thing. <laughs> Damn, Ron. 
I hope my show has gone well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been going great. Okay, this is about animals, so I don't want to watch this. Fuck this shit. Interview with the survivor of the Andes plane crash who ate his friends. Uh, someone was talking about this, right? I think. I believe. Where is it? Because I, on accident, I went back. Uh, 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 here it is. So is it who ate his friend? Okay. Uh, and he just decided, well, you know, it's a hard struggle. I'm not afraid of dying. Um, I'm just going to wait till Christmas and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna let myself go. Wow. And they were saved just before. Two days before, yeah. On December twenty second, I woke up. We already were sleeping more because it was warmer. Daniel Fernandez woke me up with the news that they had heard Nando and Roberto on the radio. Then, excited, we hugged and jumped inside the fuselage. The plane, which was on a pedestal of ice, was moving. We had to jump off and go down. Outside, there was a great big jug, a stainless steel tank filled with water, snow that melted in the heat of December day. We washed our faces, we combed our hair, and then we were well-dressed as we had fallen, but dirty. We brushed our teeth too, even with toothpaste. And we sat down to wait for the rescue plane looking up. It was 10 a.m. and they arrived only at 12.45. We thought he had hallucinated the news. And at 12.45, we felt some distant we said, they got lost, oh no, they got lost, what idiots. Suddenly, after a while, someone says, hey, look, look, here they come. There were two little black dots there that were moving at high speed towards us. They were going up, 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 and suddenly they were above us. And they were two helicopters with the noise of the engines at full power, which was the most precious symphony I had ever heard in my entire life. A song of joy and I thought of it as the hardest, the most shocking thing I had ever felt in my life. I went back to my family. It was what I wanted most. Because when you're alone, lost, and the only thing left for you is to die, family is the most important thing. Everything else does not matter. An announcement was made in Montevideo that 16 survivors had been found. Coche's fiancé, Soledad, gathered with a huge crowd in a town plaza to hear a list of names of survivors being rolled off on a radio. TV station vans competed for space as they waited to get the end of the biggest story in Uruguay's history. When the speakers announced the names of the survivors, it was totally silent. More and more names were read out without a sign of Coche. The 11th, the 12th, the 13th survivor was read out, and then they heard it. José 
Luis Iriarte. They had gotten his name, Inciarte, wrong, but it had to be him. Number 14. After months of believing him dead, Soledad and his family couldn't believe it. He was alive. Coche spent days in hospital in Chile. He recalls not being able to stand under the power of the shower. One day, he heard a voice outside his hospital room in Chile. It was that of his uncle. Seconds later, he looked up to see his family at the door of his hospital room. He hadn't expected them to come all the way from Uruguay. They hardly recognized Coche, who was less than half his former weight, but it was a moment of joy like no other. He writes of that moment, I wanted to respond to them, but I couldn't catch my breath. In between fits of crying, I spent the rest of the time just looking at them, with glistening eyes, with all the love that I felt for them at that moment, and which I still feel today. Soledad and Coche soon got married. They're still together today, more than 50 years later. Wow, dude. <laughs> well, there, there wasn't much talk about eating the friends, so kind of uh, disappointing. I'm disappointed. Thought he was going to be like, Yeah, I ate my friends and it was great. They tasted like goose. On a stick. Okay, well. We are. I need to watch the movie alive. Hmm. Movie alive. From 93. Uruguayan rugby team stranded in the snow, swept Endis, are forced to use desperate measures to survive. Oh, so that's literally... So that movie's literally about this whole thing that we just listened to. Okay. Interesting, interesting. I'll, uh, I'll bookmark this. Well, 7.1 stars. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So let me look for a tune here. And <laughs> make sure to pirate it and not support the Hollywood cabal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever supported the Hollywood cabal. The only thing I support, and it's not because of anything in particular, is Prime Video. And it's just because it has a lot of shit. And it's mainly because of Twitch Prime. Other than that. But, come on, it's like four euros and you get all of the shit. <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's kind of a, isn't Twitch Prime just porn? Uh, no, sir. I wish it was. 
What? Where did you hear about that? I don't. I never heard about that shit. I'm. I'm missing something. Now I'm curious about that. Now I want to find where Twitch Prime is just born. You piqued my interest. Quite a lot. Anyways, I will be saying farewell to all of you. Ron will be stepping in in about five minutes. Right, what is this? Uh, Twitch Hot Girls is not Twitch Prime, dude. <laughs> I do not watch those things on Twitch. I only watch video games on Twitch. When I want to watch porn, I, I actually go to porn websites to jerk off and stuff like that. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know, but it's just... Maybe it's just me, but I don't really feel like... You know, spanking the monkey, looking at just a chick in bikini, fucking, you know, writing names in a in a in a fucking inflatable thing, uh, and just in a hot tub or whatever. I it's just not for me, you know. I rather go into a porn site and actually watch real porn. So yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. The fucking hot tub meta. And shit. But, um, yeah, I don't watch that at all. I only make fun of it. Because it's, it's to make fun of. I mean, if you want to do that kind of shit, why not just go to Cheddarbait? You know, like, it's kind of the same thing, really. You don't even, like, you don't even have to take your clothes off. And there's going to be pervs who are probably going to throw a lot of money at you. You know, just go to Chatterbait. Why, 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 why go on Twitch? You know, and Twitch is also to blame for allowing it to be so prominent. So, yeah, fuck Twitch for that. Okay. Well, it's gonna, gonna have to be a a tiny tune now. Am I giving you cooming tips? Uh, not really. If I were to give you cooming tips, I would say you know, do it with your left hand when. You're, I don't even know, to be honest. Anyways, thank you very much for those of you who dropped by today's show. I had a great time. And we listened to some tunes. We had some chats with some funny stuff. We talked about a lot of gory shit. A lot about, uh, you know, fucked up individuals. And we had a little bit of talk about, like... You know, science stuff from the science subreddit. And uh, because I just want to feel slightly 
intelligent, which is very difficult for me because I'm a retard, but that's just how it goes. Anyways, thank you very much. Hope to see you guys next week. We do it every Wednesday. Now it's 11 p.m. UTC to 1 a.m. UTC. So that's pretty much how it goes. And uh, yeah, yeah, stick around for Ron. We're going to have one last tune. And I don't know if it's going to play fully, but uh, you know, whatever. It's a troll fast song. It's like one minute, 21 seconds. And, uh, you know, see you guys next week. Bye.